Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at infofellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our church center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message.
So I love the springtime. I love it because it brings back so many memories of great times growing up. Um, also, it is something that in me that just is not a big winter person. And so I love summers. I love springtime. I love being able to get outside and camp. And, and it brings back all kinds of memories of me growing up with my family, too. Because this is the time of year where we would gear up uh, to go to Lake Powell or to go camping or to what, whatever it was that we would, we would plan. It seemed like it always centered around spring or summer time. Now, I had an incredible relationship with my parents. I had a great relationship with my dad. And my, my dad went home to be with the Lord about five, six years ago now. Uh, but one of the great things about my relationship with my dad is that I could give him a hard time. I would mess with him. I would torment him. And I, I really did it at, a, at, at almost, it was almost a talent level I, I could do it. And uh, my dad loved that. He loved that relationship, that bantering relationship that we had together. And one of the things as spring would come up is we would always take our boat out and we would get it ready for the summer. So uh, we lived in Cortez, Cortez, Durango area. And one of the big lakes in that area is McPhee, McPhee Reservoir. Now, McPhee Reservoir in the spring has such cold water in it that if you just went up the Dolores River a little ways, you would find the water isn't water there. It's actually ice. It's snow. And so when we went out that particular month, and it was about this time of year, uh, and, and got the boat ready, the water was freezing. It was really, really cold. But we weren't water skiing or anything. We were just getting the boat tuned up. And as we were out enjoying our day, because it was a nice day, uh, um, I had to come back, and I had to go to work. Uh, I was in high school, and I had a, like a, a, a job uh, that, where I was trying to earn money to go to school. And so I was like, guys, I, I got to go. I got to run into town. I, I got to get to work. Well, so we're coming into the dock, and my dad uh, needed to jump off the boat as well, and he needed to go run up the truck and get something. So the first thing that happened was as the, as the boat was approaching the dock, and you guys that are boaters, you've you've replayed these, these situations in your mind over and over again, how these kind of things can happen. But uh, I jump off the boat, and when I jump off the boat, I kind of push it as I jump. And as I push it, it pushes back. Well, my dad was way shorter than me, okay? He had a little bitty legs. And so when he jumps, the distance between the boat and the dock is a lot further away than it was when I jumped. And so he jumps, and I turn around, and I see him, and he lands with barely, his feet are barely have made it to the dock. And as he's standing there, he looks at me with this face of fear, and he's doing the thing where he's like this, and then he like he flips around, and then he flips around again. And, and I am within arm's length of my dad. And I could have helped him, but I didn't want to because I wanted so bad for him to fall in this icy water. And so that, so that it would, you know, I thought it was funny. And my whole family has similar personality, except for him. He was a phlegmatic melancholy. Everybody else in my family are big-time clerics. So our compassion level is very low. And so when he went in the water, everybody just lost it. We all started laughing. It is amazing how quickly you can get out of water when you go into it and it is ice cold. And so I did, you know, I did help him up out of the water. He was not very happy with me. And I always thought, you know, I got him, right? I got him. But here's the truth about giving your parents a hard time. The principle of sowing and reaping also applies 
with parenting your children. So my kids love to give me a hard time. They mess with me all the time as well. And when they're really giving it to me hard, I lean back and I can just picture my father in heaven laughing his tail off that I'm getting the same kind of stuff that he gave me. Well, in the Bible, there's a similar story where there's somebody in the Old Testament that gets pushed in the water that doesn't really want to go either. And it's the story of Jonah. And for most of us, we remember the story of Jonah when we were kids and in Sunday school. I remember that was one of my favorite stories because my Sunday school teacher always had flannel graphs. And so she would have the fish on the flannel graph and the fish would like eat Jonah. And we always thought that was so cool as a kid. Uh, But there's a lot of lessons in that story. And you may remember it uh, a certain way. But maybe this morning we're going to be able to shed some light on parts of that story that we haven't really focused on before. So I'm going to start off by reading in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, The Lord sent this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and give them this announcement from the Lord. I am going to destroy you. For your wickedness rises before me. It smells to the highest heaven. Now, if you live in a town, and this is what God thinks of your city, that's not a good thing. You don't want the Lord to smell your town's stench from heaven. But that is exactly what God is seeing when it comes to Nineveh. So he's wanting to send Jonah there. So he says, but Jonah was afraid to go and ran away from the Lord. He went down to the seacoast to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving Tarshish. He bought a ticket, went on board, and climbed down into the dark hold of the ship to hide there from the Lord. But as the ship was sailing along, suddenly the Lord flung a terrific wind over the sea, causing a great storm that threatened to send them to the bottom. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods, to their gods, understand, little g, not capital G God, for help, and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. And all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Now, there's something interesting about this story, and we have to understand the time in which Jonah lived in. It was very crucial during that time to transport cargo using ships. Now, we still use that method today, but then it was so much quicker than putting stuff in the back of a wagon and having it pulled by oxen or whatever from city to city. So they would use ships. Now, the cargo of those ships was so vital and so important and so valuable to the crew because the cargo is what represented their livelihood. It was what they fed their family with. Being paid to transport this stuff is what gave them the things that they needed to get through life. So they would guard that cargo as if it were treasure. But isn't it interesting that as soon as a storm came their way that was more than what they can handle, they threw the cargo overboard. You see, storms have a way of helping us to realize what's really important. That day, for those men, they knew what was important. And the things that they thought were so valuable in their life, it really wasn't. And a hardship can cause us to clean the boat out from time to time so we don't sink. Now, personally, I'd rather not have to have bad things happen to me to appreciate the good things in my life. I would rather do it before and and then do my best to avoid the storms of life. 
And in Jonah's storm, it was Jonah's fault, right? I mean, he was running from God. In fact, when you look at where Jonah was told by God to go and where he went, it was opposite directions. Nineveh was east, Tarshish was west. So he was running the exact opposite way from what he should, and God knew it. But a lot of times what we face, the storms of life that hit us, they're not our fault. And unfortunately, through the years, I've been around a lot of people that are going through a lot of storms. And hey, I've been through my own storms. But in 30 years of ministry, I can't tell you how many times I've sat by people that were going through financial hardships. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they lost their business. Maybe they had to go bankrupt. Maybe they, they lost their home. And I've gone through my own financial problems throughout my life. And, and financial stuff is tough, man. It's a storm. And sometimes the stuff that happens is my fault or our fault when it comes to finances. But then sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the circumstances that happen around, happen around us. Been through a lot of relational issues in my life, right? People that have betrayed me, people that have hurt me. Maybe you've gone through a divorce or something hard when it came to your relationships. And man, when you look back at that, it was one of the most painful things or times in your life. Relational pain, relational storms are real. And then there's the, relation, or the, the health storms that we face in life. You know, we never appreciate good health until we don't have it. I think that regardless of whether you're young or old, we've gone through times in our life where we weren't very healthy. I mean, you may have sprained your ankle. You may have broke a leg. And you remember a time when you're going, I cannot wait until I can get rid of these crutches. I so took for granted being able to walk and run and, and be able to get in out of the shower without it hurting. I mean, there's, health issues are there for all of us. But then there's those that lose loved ones. There's those that have either gone through death with someone close to them, or maybe we're facing something that looks like death right now. And as I've sat with so many families and in so many situations where they were losing a loved one, it becomes very obvious what is truly important. That storm tends to really wake us up. But here's the truth. We're all going through a storm right now together. The world is now going through the same storm. And just like in Jonah's day, this storm may be a great time to empty the boat of non-essential cargo. Maybe this is a time when God is, is calling you to go, you know what, what is really important in your life? What do you have in your boat that really isn't important, that is taking way too much of your time, that you're worrying way too much about, that is eating at you? Well, I think before we can start throwing stuff off our own boat, we need to know what to keep. We need to know what is really important. When everything else goes away, what is it that should stay? Well, the Bible, according to Scripture, basically sets these priorities for us. The first thing, the first priority in our life has got to be our relationship with God. 
Our relationship with God, and what does that look like? I mean, we, we say, well, what is oh, relationship with God? I've heard that over and over again, but I don't really understand it. Our relationship with God is just like our quality relationship with a person that we love. And we know our relationship with somebody that we love is good by how much time we spend with them. How much quality is in that relationship? And a great way that we can increase our relationship with the Lord is through communication. If you've ever been through marriage counseling, if you've ever been through any type of uh, uh, couples counseling, usually if something is broken, it's because the communication is broken. And so God is saying, let's talk. Let's set up a time together where we can just communicate. Maybe it's showing him his worth. I mean, one of the greatest ways that we can cultivate our relationship with the Lord is, is by worshiping him. By giving him worth. Now, that can come through praise and worship. That can come through, you know, speaking out to God what, what he means to you. It's all about showing God, God's worth. But then another great way that we can cultivate that relationship is just through reading his love letters that he wrote to us. Reading the handbook of life that he spent centuries writing. Our relationship with him is so important. And there's a saying out there that says, there are no atheists in foxholes. In other words, when you think your life is at risk, you tend to believe there is a God and I need him. And the difference between sitting with someone going through a storm that knows Jesus and someone that doesn't is unbelievable. The peace and hope and guidance from the Holy Spirit It's priceless. That is cargo that you never want to throw overboard. The most important, the the most precious cargo that you you can have. And and, and also the difference between Christians and non-Christians in the crisis that we're going through right now. I mean, it's amazing. When, When I talk to somebody that knows the Lord, their hope, they have hope in something. And it's a firm foundation in God that he's never going to fail you. We have this incredible track record together. He's never let me fall in the past. But when you talk to somebody that doesn't know the Lord, they not only don't have hope, but they have no idea even what to put their hope in. So God first, man, that's just like so crucial, so essential. You never want to throw that overboard. But secondly, our relationship with our spouse. The Bible says that God gives our spouse God gives us our spouses a gift get, to get through life with. I mean, she is supposed to be my partner through the storms when they come. Proverbs 31.10 says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. She is precious cargo. Your husband is precious cargo. I remember when... I lost my dad. It was one of the hardest storms that I've ever been through. It was so difficult. And I really felt like I lost him early, uh, earlier than, than, than I should have, or early, way earlier than I would have liked to have. Not that we ever would want to lose a, a, a parent. But when, when we lost him, we grieved, and, and we lost so much. But my mom lost so much more. Everything changed for her when that happened. Because when you go through the death of a spouse, you don't only mourn them, you lose the loss 
of your dreams together. I mean, there was, wasn't going to be a retirement filled with traveling and fun and enjoying the fruits of all their labors. That was gone. Those were replaced with the thoughts of, how am I going to do this alone? Precious cargo. We can never take for granted God's gift that he's given us in our spouse. And then thirdly, our relationship with our kids, right? Now, understand that when we talk about our relationship with our kids, what we mean by this is that it speaks of the quality time you have with them, the connection you have with them. How well they know you, how well you know them. It's not about how busy you keep them, <laughs> how much stuff you can get them involved in. It's, it's really about how important your personal connection is. Now, for my kids, um, they were busy, like any other kids, uh, all the way up through their teenage years. But if I ask them the question, um, what were the best memories that you had growing up and that you had with us? They never talk about stuff in school. They never talk about extracurricular activities they had. They always talk about our camping trips or times we went to the lake together, times we went four-wheeling together, the times that um, we dated our kids. We had this thing, Rebecca and I, where we would date our kids, and I, and I had this breakfast appointment that I would have with them where I would take them individually to this little breakfast spot here in town, and, and they'd get Mickey Mouse pancakes, and, and we would just talk. We would just connect, and that is so valuable. The Bible says in Psalms 127.3, children are a gift from God, they are his reward. Not too long ago, uh, we also went through the death of my wife's father. And when he was on his deathbed, and he suffered, unfortunately, for a long time from cancer and from heart disease, but when he knew he was going to go, and, and he did know, the one thing he wanted was to have his family next to him on his bed. Now, we lived a long ways away from him, and um, he did everything within his power to get us there. He paid for the plane tickets. He made sure that, that, uh, that, that, that he could be with those that he loved. And, and unfortunately, he didn't have the greatest relationship with his kids or grandkids. But when it all came down to it, that's what was most important to him. Now, those are the three top ones. There's three other uh, uh, pri uh, priorities that the Bible speaks of that are also important, but lesser than the ones we just talked about. He talk God talks about the importance of serving him. I mean, we should serve the Lord. He sets that as a priority for us, and, it, and it's so satisfying for people to know uh, that they use their time and talents for the Lord throughout their life. The word also speaks as well as, as doing our best to have good relationships with extended family and friends. And, and we're supposed to show love and support to others. The Bible talks about that. And then he also talks about the importance of working hard at what we do and enjoying that work. But of all those times, sitting with all those people, going through the storms that they were going through, I've never heard one once say, I just wish I could have worked more. I wish I could have climbed the ladder higher. I, if I could have just made one more sale, man, phew, I just missed it on that one sale. If, if I could have just gotten 
One more promotion. Oh, that would so have fulfilled my life. And those priorities are set by the Lord, and he sets them for a reason. He sets them because he knows what we should have in the boat and that what we shouldn't have, what we should keep and not throw overboard. So we know what we need to keep in the boat, right? We understand that. But here's some things that we can think about when we're cleaning out our boat. So as we're going through this storm, we're doing it together. There may be a time uh, in the near future where we have a, a lot of time to be at home. And what are we doing with our minds? What are we doing? Well, this is a great exercise, a great time for us to throw some stuff overboard. So here's some things that we need to ask ourselves, some questions we should ask ourselves as far as what we should get rid of, what we should throw out of the boat. First of all, does it have anything to do with the six priorities listed above? The things that we just talked about. If it doesn't, it probably should be thrown off the boat. Second, what takes too much of my time? What takes too much of our time? Now, you may not know, and this is something that can be very enlightening. If we will just do this, if we will just log our hours throughout the day of what we're doing for a week and then look at the end of the week at that log, Sometimes we'll be amazed at what we spend a lot of our time with. Things that really don't matter. They should not be a priority. They definitely are not things that are in that list of six. So what takes too much of our time? What takes too much of our energy? What do you do that just wears you out? Are there people that you hang with? that wear you out? Are there certain tasks that you have to do during the day that just wears you out? Prioritize that. Here's the thing, guys. You are the master of your calendar. You can decide what to prioritize, what to to keep in your world, and what to take out. If there's something that is zapping your energy that is non-essential, then stop doing it. And finally, what stresses me out? Or what stresses you out? Obligatory things stress me out. If I have to do something that I don't want to do, that I know is obligatory, right? It just, ugh. Here's the thing. It's obligatory. Most likely you don't have to do it. It's okay to say no. It's okay to disappoint people sometimes. That's all right. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. If it's not a non-essential You don't have to do it. Obligatory things may wear you out. Here's another thing that that can wear you out. Just too much stuff. Too much stuff in your life. Too Too much stuff you have to take care of. Simplify. You know, there's a reason why there's all of these retirement communities that are springing up all over the United States that have zero-scape lawns, self-maintained homes, not any yard work. Somebody else takes care of the things around there that you just pay a flat fee and they do all the stuff. There's a reason for that. It is because people that are older are smart. They're so wise. They're not going to do the stuff that stresses them out anymore, that steals their energy, that steals their time. And there will come a day when you will make those same decisions too. Now, we got to take some steps, right? If we're going to clean it out, we need to take some steps to be able to clean the boat out. Knowing what to throw overboard, how do we do that? The first thing is we got to ask God for help. 
He's the master, right? When Jonah finally submitted to God, he was fine. It was fine. Once he finally cried out to the Lord and prayed to him, he was great. And the cool thing is, is that the fish decides he's just going to come up. Have you ever thought about this? That fish could have spit him out anywhere. But when Jonah cried out, he got washed up on a beach in the Mediterranean. I can think of no better place to be washed up on the shore than a beach in the Mediterranean. All he had to do is submit. All he had to do was ask God for help, and God came through for him. Number two, don't make decisions based out of fear. Oh, how much are we seeing that right now? What is the correlation between toilet paper and the coronavirus? I don't know. It's just fear that you're going to run out of toilet paper. Didn't realize that could be a fear or a phobia, but I guess, but I guess it is. 2 Timothy 1.7 says out of the Amplified Bible, love this scripture. It says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Oh, that is medicine to the soul everybody that is going through what we're going through right now. Fear is an emotion that will paralyze our decision-making process, and it will always cause you to keep the wrong things in the boat. Thirdly, take time to sit down and answer these questions. If you don't take time to answer the questions, you're never going to be able to prioritize what you need to prioritize. Four, make a plan to change. Okay? Just make a plan, and it all starts with your calendar. You can tell what really is a priority in your life by looking at what you do on a daily basis. Look at your calendar and you can tell what is in your boat and what shouldn't be. And then finally, just follow through. A lot of times we make plans. A lot of times we, we do things to-do lists and how we're going to change and all this kind of stuff. And, and we do really good for a week or so. And then we stop. And we don't follow through. And it takes another storm in our life for us to clean the boat out. God wants us to do this, and he wants us to do this one time, right? Obviously, there's going to be course corrections along the way in any sailing. But man, if we will just follow through with these steps, it will save us so much heartache, so much fear, so much time of worry. Because we know what we have and what we need in the boat of life. Let's pray together. God, we love you. And we do thank you that you've given us these beautiful stories in Scripture. This beautiful guidance that we can learn from. And in this time, we probably need your help as a world. As a world community. More than ever. And so we cry out to you for help, God. We pray that you would take care of all the stuff that's going on. We know that you are in control, and we relinquish control to you. I pray, Lord Jesus, for people's finances right now, Lord, that you would come through for them like, like they can't believe, God. I pray that it would be so miraculous what you're doing in people's checkbooks and finances that you're the only one can get, can get the credit for it because it is miraculous. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help all of our health you keep us healthy. You, you keep us healthy. You keep us from getting anything that we shouldn't get. I pray, Lord God, that for those that are ill right now, 
that you would do miraculous healing in their life as well. Help us to keep the things in our boat that we need to keep. I pray that our relationship with you would be so strong that we would cultivate that. As we get a little more time in our schedule, maybe, from things that are happening around us, Lord, that we would just go, well, this is more time I can spend with my God. And so we pray that you would cultivate that, cultivate our relationship with our, our spouse and with our kids. I pray, Lord, that the priorities in our life would be what you would want them to be and help us to do whatever we need to do to get rid of the muck, get rid of the stuff that's a distraction and really be, fo- being able, and really be able to focus in on what you would have for us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Tune in next week. We'll have another incredible service planned just for you. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I want to thank you for that. I want to ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the very first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.